the vibes we are back for another episode of the hoop genius podcast presented by nba 2k23 if you haven't yet make sure you hit the link in the description and get your copy pre-ordered because that's what we're going to be doing all season long bj armstrong is with me once again i am going to see bj armstrong in the cup and um quite sad times in the nba world amongst the nba community tributes have been pouring in and in for the late great bill russell the true pioneer of the game so uh i'm not even gonna say too much um i'm gonna let bj talk because i'm sure that his tribute is going to be a lot more fitting in mind given you know your experiences in in the world of the nba um and your interactions with mr russell himself well what a what a tremendous loss a giant and we throw this term around a lot mo legend superstar what have you you know i really don't have any words to describe him i remember the very first time i met you know mr russell was at all-star weekend and that cackle his laugh it's like like nothing you've ever heard before first but when you say you 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 know you meet someone and they have presence mode right when you meet someone and they walk in and you see them and you feel their energy i remember they're very it was very distinctive he had he had a certain presence about him when he walked into a room and he really had command of the room and you know, I, I just, you know, I've had the fortune of meeting a lot of former amazing players. But when you think about the people that he's touched and the era in which he played in and, you know, someone that walked with Martin Luther King and Malcolm X and Nelson Mandela and grew up in the 60s and played with all of the things, not just on the court, off the court. And how he has stood tall amongst all of these things for such a you know a length of time, and what he achieved on the floor you know is, is phenomenal. We could talk about that for the entire show. But what he's done off the floor to me just speaks volume about him, about his family, and the person he was. So. You know, we got a lot of people who talk a lot of things, but when your words and your action and your behaviors are all lined up, now you got something truly special. And just want to say, you know, rest in peace. Our condolences go to, you know, to the Russell family and the NBA family. We we truly will miss him. We'll miss that cackle. You know, I can I can when he comes in the room, you know, I don't know if someone's telling a joke and I didn't hear it, but he was always smiling in the midst of whatever was going on. And I could hear him laughing and, you know, we have awards and all the things and you would always see him at the NBA finals and yeah, all-star the, the, weekend. The finals MVP is named after him. It's the so, Bill Russell finals MVP. So, you know, he will be dearly, dearly missed. And, um, you know, like I said, I just feel it was a privilege and an honor to have an opportunity to meet him, spend time with him. And I can remember we were there, Mo. I can't remember here, but the Celtics were in London. I remember yeah. whatever it was in London, right before they won the championship, the Celtics NBA, were in London. Yeah, it, was, it was that season, the NBA Europe Live yeah. Tour. So they went to Rome. Yeah. They went to, I think, yeah. Berlin or Paris. Was it Utah? Was it Utah? I can't remember who it the was. Lakers, I can't remember. The Lakers came. 
Utah was here. The Bulls were yeah, like, those a lot, were they used big. to do that. Those tours were big. So um, I, I remember standing outside waiting for the bus. Okay, Mo, this is a this is a, this is a great story. So myself, Charlie Rosenswag. I don't know why I remember this as I was talking. Charlie Rosenswag, myself, uh, Rick Berry, and Mister Bill Russell, and I'm just sitting there talking to Bill Russell. Okay, and we're just talking about. What was the, I remember the question I asked him. I was like, what was the most important thing that you experienced in your career to help you become the player that you became? You know what he said, Mo? Take a guess. I have no idea. I ain't got that much wisdom. I couldn't guess. He said the, the, the most important thing that helped him in his career was he always had great coaches. Mm-hmm. Red Albert. It, it, it was. I was thinking, you know, I didn't know what I was going, to, but I didn't expect that. And and I thought maybe he's going to say, you know, he worked on some element of his game, or he was able to, you know, you know, work on film and he studied players or whatever it was. He said it's impossible to reach your potential without having a mentor. And I thought it was interesting. It was a very intellectual way. And then it made sense to me, the game, how he understood the game, how he understood the team, how he understood how to, even though he may not have been a a huge score, right? It wasn't like a 30-point score. He understood the impact of the game, though. He was very, very intellectually astute to that game and what he could do to control the game so there i remember we were sitting there and it was great for like a week that was my bus ride every day with mr bill russell i I just remember that and and i couldn't wait to get back home to tell my dad and he was one of my dad's favorite players that i was with bill russell for the week so it was phenomenal and rick berry was there as well but i just remember bill russell and that cackle we get on the bus and he would tell a story great storyteller by the way and then he would just start laughing. So you would laugh just because, you know, we hear that you would hear that cackle, you know. So uh, it was it was great to have, you know, you know, I'm sure there's countless stories that he shared amongst, you know, in his lifetime. But I remember that one specifically and actually happened in London. So for the younger listeners of this show uh, who don't know Bill Russell's game on the court. You know, you've seen all these tributes and obviously you've probably never watched an NBA game from the 1960s. When we say, BJ said to me once, when we say defense wins championships, what we really mean is Bill Russell wins championships and everyone's trying to follow the blueprint because this man on the defensive side of the ball would erase everything. And he was going up against Will Chamberlain, one of the most dominant right. players to ever touch basketball court and he would win. The greatest winner in sports, 11 championships in, what, 13 years. Then he became a coach, won as a coach. And on the court, even though he wasn't the biggest scorer, athletically, there's a video of him jumping over a human from near the free throw line, which is like, we all go crazy for free throw line dogs right now. He jumped over someone in the game and just finger rolled the ball in. In converse cons, I might add. Exactly. (laughs) And and not not on the hardwood loaded with springs underneath or anything like that. This was like a flat, no. 
it's, it's concrete. So it was concrete. <laughs> if you if you do get time, go on YouTube and type in Bill Russell. Someone has restored it, so it's even in color now. Um, it's in pretty good quality. Some of the highlight rules. Um, go have a look and understand his impact on the court, off the court. One thing that was great is he was very vocal um, in terms of sharing his experiences, dealing with racism, dealing with civil rights movement, all of this kind of stuff. He's written a bunch of articles himself all about this and other people have written about him. A quick Google search, you'll find out so much. Um, it, it just goes back to what I was saying just last week. When we were talking about comparing eras, you can't compare to what happened right. to Bill Russell in his era of trying to play basketball then he would go to restaurants and some restaurants wouldn't even serve him the same food they were serving the teammates. They said he wasn't That's welcome right. inside. And yet he'd still go out and just destroy whoever they're playing against. So I can't tell you, you have to go and do that reading and research and watch all that. But it is fun to do though, Mo. You know what? The thing is about arguing about who's the greatest. It's a fun and, interaction and this, with And this friends. is the thing. When we have the greatest of all time debates and everyone goes up, Michael's better than LeBron. He's got six rings. I love to just troll everyone and say, well, I know someone who's got more rings than that. I know someone who's got more rings than any. Robert Ory. Robert Ory. (laughs) (laughs) No, 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 no. This one's in the Celtics jersey, my man. This this one's in that green jersey. You know what I mean? So, so, you know, rest in peace to Bill Russell. Um, And you saw the impact from all the tributes from all the players. It was good for the players to recognize that, you know, people like Bill Russell laid the foundation for the league to be what it is today. Um, and it's not just basketball, it's all levels of sports, um, especially in America, uh, with everything that happened there. But that leads us to the modern NBA now, BJ. And the NBA now is very different because we have what appears to be a player making a trade request via their Twitter timeline. Just <laughs> <laughs> we sat down to record this podcast. Are we on the court now, Mo, or off the court again? We are off the court now. Okay. We are. Right. BJ, we're off the court until the season starts because there's nothing, unless you want to talk about pro apps, because I know how much you love the Atlanta Hawks going to, shout out to Jamal for getting all these people down his pro Okay, app. we're talking Paolo about the Twitter, Twitter timeline. And, and DeJounte hitting someone in the head with the ball and then scoring on them and Trey Young saying, we'll see you guys in the season. Okay, we're going to talk about off the court, BJ, until the games resume. CJC9 Boss, aka Jay Crowder, on Instagram, I think he's Bossman99. He called himself Bossman, which, BJ, you probably don't understand why that's so funny to me. In London, or pretty much in the whole UK, I think, if you say Bossman, who, do you know who you're referring to? Have I said this on the show before? I have no idea. If For someone to be called Bossman, you have to have a certain occupation to be a Bossman. And it definitely isn't what Jay Crowder thinks it is, because he thinks he's a big boss. In London... If you run a fried chicken shop or a corner store like a bodega for the American listeners, mm-hmm. the Indian man who works behind the counter or the Turkish man or the Sri Lanka or wherever he's from, right? But it's never an English guy. It's always someone from Asia. They are boss man because you walk in a chicken shop. What's good, boss man? Let me get three wings and chips. You're boss man. You got any ketchup? That in London, if you call someone boss man, you can't call me boss man. No. Well, maybe Jay Crowder has an, uh, he's a silent investment investor. If Jay Crowder is a silent investor in Morley's chicken shops, I would be more shocked by that than anything ever to happen. But anyway, Bossman99, as he calls himself, Jay Crowder, has said change is inevitable. Growth is optional. I believe it's time for a change. I want to continue growing. And the first reply underneath says, a changing girlfriend's question mark, hi, from 
Cammy Parrish, a lady who's replied to Jay Crowder by shooting her shot. But I think he's talking about a trade. So that lends me to the conversation, BJ, of do you see a trade on the horizon for Mr. Jay Crowder? He was talked about being in part of the package for a Kevin Durant deal before DeAndre signed his contract. I believe he's got one year left. Um, and obviously the Phoenix Suns, they have some level of depth at the wing position at which he plays. Uh, what do you read into this tweet? And, and can you see this happening? Any trades on the horizon soon? Very interesting that we are someone put something on Twitter, right? This was on Twitter. And then mm-hmm. we assume what he's talking about. He could be talking about a number of things. However, wait, wait, wait. before you do that, do you remember when Eric Bledsoe did this? You know what? I'm not going there. No, no, I'm no. Because no, this is, this is the funniest this one. Level. Because this is the funniest one, okay? Eric Bledsoe tweeted, I don't want to be here, okay? And we all knew it was about a trade. But because he can't do that publicly, he said, oh, no. My girl took me to the nail salon with her, and I didn't want to be there. But we all know what he was really saying, because he was shortly traded after that. So Jay Crowder, tweet, he's been in trade rumors all summer long. Well, here's, here's, here's what I take from this. I think Jay Crowder is at an age where he's still a really good player. Mm-hmm. I think he's still a starter in this league. Mm-hmm. And he's at an age where he probably knows he'll probably, he's at the, when I say the end of his career, as far as maximizing his earning potential, I don't think he will get a bigger deal than what he's currently playing at now. He's, he's currently 32 years old on a three-year, $29 million deal. He's making okay. $10 million this year, and then there's an unrestricted free agent after that. So what I, what, I, what I think is going on is because where he's at, he knows he has, let's say, three to five more years of playing at this, at this level. Okay. He wants to get to a place where he can get an extension. And without looking at the books, but just going off the top of my head, right? You got Mikhail Bridges there. You have... Uh, Booker, uh, CP, Booker, Aiden, Cam it's highly unlikely. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's highly unlikely he will get an extension there. Mm-hmm. So, I think he understands the business. I don't think it's anything that any of us don't understand. It's just the fact that he said it in real time to me. It's like, oh wow, okay. But I think, without question. He knows that he's where he's at in his career. And if he's going to get another two or three year deal, it probably will have to be someplace else. That's just the nature of the business that we're in. That's a, that's a fact. Mm -hmm. So I don't have a problem with what he said. He's a professional. So I think the difference is he's going to play. He's going to play hard. He's going to play well. And he is a star in his role. I think he's a terrific role player. He understands that plays both ends of the court. And I think a really good team for teams who are contending at the highest level would love to have a guy like that. I mean, I could see, like, I think of him and PJ Tucker and these type of guys, you know, so I could see him going to the Milwaukee Bucks and fitting right in. I could see him going to a team and plugging in and being a valuable, like what PJ Tucker did. Think -hmm. about what PJ Tucker did this summer. I think Jay Crowder is looking at that going, wait a minute. I, 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 I see that. Mm-hmm. So 
I don't have a problem with what he said. I think it's it, I think it's great, actually. <clears throat> so, you know, those teams, though, Milwaukee, Miami, Philadelphia, they don't have a lot of money to spend. Right. And I was really annoyed because I wanted Jay Crowder back on the Celtics because I thought he'd be a perfect fit, some depth at a wing position. And the Celtics had a trade exception they could have absorbed his salary into. The rumors earlier this summer, though, about Jay Crowder were that they were trying to work out a deal with the Houston Rockets for Eric Gordon, who I guess provides a little bit more self-creation rather than being a catch-and-shoot player like Jay Crowder on the offensive side of the ball for when Chris Paul or, or Devin Booker around the game. So to have a player like Eric Gordon who could come in off the bench and maybe make more of an impact because the catch-and-shoot threes that Jay Crowder gives you on offense, Mikael Bridges gives you those and Cam Johnson gives you those, both of whom are quite a lot younger, as you say. They're going to look to extend Cam Johnson rather than Jay Crowder purely because I think Cam Johnson just turned 26. So, you know, it does make sense. The Phoenix Suns also have Dario Saric making $9 million this year. So if they were to package those two together, $19 million in combined salary, they could, you know, acquire a very useful player in their conquest to redeem themselves after an embarrassing playoff exit. Or they could simply trade them in order to save themselves their luxury tax bill. Because I believe this is only the fifth time in Phoenix Suns history that they are currently going to be paying the luxury tax unless they make some moves. So, you know, their owner is notorious for not spending a lot of money. So this might be uh, something they look to do to save themselves some money or... It depends which way they want to go. If they look at Chris Paul's career and his window of winning a championship, which gets smaller and smaller every season, then trading those... Well, I think keeping Jay Crowder would help them win a championship more than trading him. But trading those guys for someone like Eric Gordon, I believe you know, that, that, could, be a, that could be a useful useful thing. I've just uh, opened an article called um, Three Trade Suitors. Also, Phoenix signed uh, Josh Okoge in, in free agency, who can... Mm provide you some defense at that wing spot as well. Um, this is the three teams, reportedly, according to this article, that should be monitoring the Jay Crowder situation. The first one they put is the Boston Celtics, whose trade exception has now expired, so I don't know why they put that one. Uh, the second team is the Portland Trailblazers, which is interesting, as they just traded away Robert Covington. Um how do you think he... I think Jay Crowder's one of those players where he can add value to any team he goes to. But how would you see that fit there in Portland with Dame Lillard recently traded for, of course, um, Jeremy Well, I don't Grant. like that trade there in, in Portland because they just picked up Jeremy, Jeremy Grant, uh-huh. who, in my and, opinion, is the same type of player. And they've got Gary Payton second just signed with them as well. Yeah, that doesn't... Um, that, that one doesn't... I was, I was just interested when you said that. I was like, hmm, that's interesting. Okay. And um, now, speaking of P.J. Tucker, who you mentioned, he went to Philly, so he's left the Miami Heat with a little gap in their roster. Um, and Jay Crowder, of course, previously played for the Miami Heat. I would like that fit of him back with the Miami Heat. What do you think about that? Um, I'm kind of so-so with that. Because I, I feel like the Miami Heat need to get younger. They have enough veterans. They need to get younger. They need young athletic players to complement what they already have, right? Jimmy Butler is a terrific athlete, but he doesn't play at, at that pace. Mm-hmm. You know, he's a terrific athlete. Bam is an undersized player. I feel like they need to get more athletic with youth. So I don't, I don't think the J, my opinion, I don't think the Jay Carter fit is great long-term. 
I do. I think he can come in and 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 do what they did a year ago with PJ Tucker. I, I think number wise, I think that fits. But I would like to see. I I think they need more energy into their more youthfulness, I should say, into their into their system. Well, they did sign one young player in Duncan Robinson to uh, extend a contract, who hasn't really lived up to kind of what they wanted. Um, and that's the player whose names they float about in the trade talks. I don't know if he'd be that valued on the Phoenix Suns because of his lack of defensive ability. So it's going to be interesting to see where he goes or if they're still working on a package deal for Kevin Durant to get out of Brooklyn because things have gone eerily quiet on that front and on the Donovan Mitchell front. Um, things have quieted down a little bit for this stage of the offseason. But yeah, have you got any players on your radar that you're looking at thinking might be on the block to be traded anytime soon? Well, I think that right now the NBA is still waiting on the, the big trade, or I should say two players, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. I think that will, I think no, that Donovan will Mitchell. Them. Well, Donovan Mitchell, you know, it's been interesting because there's been a lot of speculation, but I don't think that Danny is going to be able to get back what he's looking for. You know, I like, yeah. But because to, to give up Donovan Mitchell, Donovan Mitchell has to go to a total rebuild. You know, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, Mo? Like, he, he, he it, it, you know, I think that's what made Minnesota so interesting because Rudy Gobert is not a total rebuild. I think it's a good situation. I don't know how many of those situations that I can see right off the top that he would, he could go to and play and, and be competitive because Danny's going to require a lot coming back. So, mm-hmm. We'll see and, how that plays out, but I I don't think I don't, I'm not expecting him to get moved. I think I think the dialogue is open, but I'm not expecting him to get moved. But I am expecting him to get moved by the trading deadline by February. February, I because expect, I, I can, you know, speaking about the Phoenix Suns with Jay Crowder, DeAndre Ayton signing his um, qualifying offer or, or, or whatever he signed with the the Indiana Pacers and the Phoenix Suns matching that means he's ineligible to be traded until January the 15th, one month before the trade deadline. So there is a situation in which Kevin Durant or Kyrie Irving or Donovan Mitchell is not traded until players like DeAndre Ayton are re-eligible to be traded because it's clear that he's not happy in that situation in Phoenix or well, it was from their final game of the playoffs and, you know, him going elsewhere and wanting to sign in Indiana um, is kind of an indicator of that. So maybe they're just going to have to sit tight until the pressure is on because when that pressure comes along and it's the deadline and you're supposed to be a contender, your team's not big up to performance or your team's overachieved and you might want to add more pieces in, that's when we might see a bit more flurry of action in terms of the trading market. Yeah, I mean, as far as Aiden, listen, I just think that was a as I'm looking from afar, I, I think the NBA, I think they would should at least consider looking at the restricted free agency as is mm-hmm. reason being is if a player, if a team doesn't want to sign you at whatever the market value, okay, they have 48 hours to make a deal or not. If not, then player X can move on. Mo, like, 
Mm-hmm. Okay, and that would be a fun, right. That would be a fun 48 hours for NBA fans across the world yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, like, okay, now either give the guy the max or give him what you're worth and put your best foot forward. And if the guy rejects it, then he can go yeah. elsewhere. He, I he think that, I, but, I think, but but to do what DeAndre Ayton did, now it just he signed for the match with another team. Mm-hmm. And then he has, and then they match within five minutes and he has to come back there. Yeah. It doesn't see it. Something about that doesn't like the guy just signed for what? A hundred and what? $50 million or something. Yeah. And it's like, well, I didn't really want to be here anyway. It just doesn't seem right to me. And, and I don't know what the right rule should be, but if you can't work out a deal, then that player should be able to go somewhere else. And then I think that will, especially with, you know, what's the point of having restricted free agency? Like Mo, like it'll be like you and I saying we can only stay here. Mm-hmm. So that, that ties me in for like literally seven to 10 years with one team. Yeah. So I think like if they had a day where all the restricted free agents, every NBA team had 24 hours to make a move with them, either sign them to a new contract or trade them before they're just unrestricted free agents, I think that would be fascinating. Imagine a well, day. Well, it certainly where, would, it would be. Because be then chaos. they would end up being trading teams. It would be amazing. It, 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 would, it would be chaotic for sure. But if I were an owner, I'm saying that as a fan. If I was mm. an owner, <laughs> okay? Oh. Yeah, it's the other way around. Yeah, you, you, you want, would love it. You would love the fact that I have this player and I have the right to pay him more than anyone else. And I can match anyone else. Now, I think I understand why they're probably doing that. Reason that they're doing that is so that you don't have teams recruiting each other's players. Okay. You don't want to have that because they share revenue. So mm-hmm. imagine if player X knew he could go to another team, imagine how that would muddy up the waters a little bit. So I understand why they're doing it. I don't know what the solution is at this moment, but I think they have to do something because it doesn't seem, and it doesn't seem that the playing field is even. Let's just say that. I hear that. I hope something happens soon, though, because I really want to see uh, more drama and more chaos in the world of the NBA. I just of course you do. Well, of course I, you do. I, I'm gonna be honest, right? I don't know if it's just me. I don't know if you you get the same thing, okay? But at nighttime now, I just sit around and I'm just like, there's something missing. There's no like, and I'm rewatching the old games, but it's just not the same. I need the season to come back. There is a void from about midnight my time to about six a.m where I really should sleep, but after 10, 15 years of not sleeping, it's hard to just do that in the summertime. I miss, uh, I miss the NBA season. I need, it. I need it to come back ASAP. Yeah. You know what? I'm enjoying, I'm enjoying my summer break. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, it ain't, it ain't bad BJ out there in California, but uh, let us know how you guys are passing the time with no NBA action and of course you should be passing the time by listening to the Hoop Genius podcast so make sure you subscribe to the show follow the show along on Spotify leave a five star rating leave a review on Apple and uh, make sure that you go to the link in the description and pre-order your copy of NBA 2K21 
2023. And until tomorrow morning, we'll be back with another episode. Um, until then, you know the vibes. Get buckets.